Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Randy Ford. And welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Our guest today is Deb Terry, who's the founder of SkillBlenders.com. If you haven't had a chance, we got to talk to Deb another time and go back and listen to that. It's episode 1005. We talk a lot about coaching. We're going to get into that a little bit more. Deb, thanks for coming back on Success Insight. Great. Thanks for having me back. I enjoyed our conversation last time and I'm looking forward to more conversation today. Why don't you um, remind people a little bit about Skill Blenders and what you do? Yeah, I founded Skill Blenders about, gosh, 17 years ago. And the, the focus of it is really helping people identify and leverage their skills, values, and experiences in their chosen areas. And it could be not just individuals, but organizations, teams. And to, to achieve that, I focus on emerging leadership coaching, team and leadership development, and then one of the tools that I use a lot is the um, Wiley uh, Publishing Company's DISC. And uh, I've been using that tool for a long, long time. And it's been uh, a key resource for a lot of success, not just my organization, but more importantly, the development of others. Yeah, I want to I get into that because I will admit that that is a new world to me. Of course, you and I know each other through our mutual friend, Howard Fox, who's the co-creator and co-producer, co-host of Success Insight Podcast. And, and you both are much more familiar with that than somebody like me who's coming out from outside the leadership development world. So what, what is DISC really? Describe it to somebody like me who may be a newbie to this. DISC is a behavioral assessment that helps individuals understand First of all, how do they show up? How do I show up leading myself? And it's behavioral as opposed to personality. So for example, if you think of DISC, it's an acronym. D's for the term the publisher uses dominant. I prefer direct. I influence steady. S is steady. And C is conscientious. And it really helps us to understand, you know, how do I approach communication? How do I um, approach decision-making, conflict? What kind of recognition do I need? And it, it's, it's a great tool to provide those for some people, it's an affirmation. For some people, it's, it's getting to know themselves better. So it's a, I like to say it's an aspect of emotional intelligence. And then what happens, it gives people tools and resources for social intelligence. Okay, how do I adapt my style to be more effective with others? How do I adapt my style as an effective leader to, to better connect with people on my team? Or how do I use it as a way to manage up? You know, my, my manager might be a high D, which means, okay, direct bottom line, give me the facts, don't give me a lot of fluff. And I know, which I am, I'm a high eye. So I like a lot of fluff. I'm going to talk through things. Well, obviously, if I'm going to sell my manager on something, I need to adapt my communication style to be more direct, to be more fact-based, and not give a lot of extra fluff or emotional perspective on that case. Last week, I used it with a, a group in a local city government, and they, they, it was part of a customer service training. How do they better sell the solutions as they have different citizens, tourists, people come into their offices? So we spent a lot of time understanding, you know, the way that they would sell it might not be the way that the customer would buy that solution. So it's a really good behavioral tool to understand about oneself, but also, to me more importantly, how do I adapt to others to better connect, to better achieve whatever my goals might be? Is there a, a certain type of assessment result that, that makes for a stronger leader? I'm glad that you asked that because a lot of times people say, oh, no, I'm a steady. I'll never be a, a good leader. I think I need to be a D direct. It, and it's, it's really what, there's two significant variables. One is understanding and knowing your, your behavioral style and how do you leverage it. Two, and this is a factor that in certain organizational cultures, 
whether it be unintentionally or intentionally, and I would say most of the time it's unintentionally, you'll see certain leadership styles perhaps are more valued. And so you'll see perhaps some aspects of greater promotion. But again, it's, it's, I don't think it's unintentional. Oh, for your D, you're going to get promoted. It's just what style works in that culture of that organization. Now, there's another factor that comes up significantly. Significantly, If you look at a global organization, um, you tend to have leaders in Northern Europe and Northern United States that tend to be more direct, bottom line, let's go, let's get the, let's make it happen and go from there. In contrast, Southern Europe, i.e. Italy or South America, specifically Brazil, the leaders tend to be more um, relationship focused. So for example, studies, they're looking at, okay, how do I build the relationship? And once I do that, let's work at getting our results. So to give you a long-winded answer to your question, it's really understanding your style and also what works in the given organizational culture that you're part of. So it may be that it's, it's a mix of that if you look across the organization of mix of the four types. Right. And if you, you know, ask me the next question, where you, what do you see more? And for example, I do a lot of work in the Midwest, the United States, or with, with a lot of Americans, you'll see whether it be a nonprofit or for-profit, generally the styles tend to be more the direct, you know, bottom line, let's kick butt, let's get results. And again, I just say that cautiously because it's a broad generalization. There's exceptions, as I say this, that I see, but that, that's a trend that I, I see. And I think a lot of people who do work in the disc space um, in the United States would probably agree with me. And again, not wanting to broadly generalize, but what do you think are the cultural differences? And this builds on something we talked a little bit last time, but I'm curious about what is the, what are the cultural differences that make it different, for example, in Brazil, that you see one leadership profile more often than you might in the U.S.? Well, in Brazil and Mexico, what you see is just, it's it's more indicative of the cultures where there's much more of a focus on relationships. And uh, if you look at any inclusive research that's being done these days, diversity and inclusion, and there's a lot more focus on knowing the person, understanding, and building the relationship. And once you do that, then you you, um, conduct business. And so you'll see a difference in that. And same thing with Italy. I used to joke when I worked inside corporate America that I knew my uh, people I worked with in Italy perhaps better than I did the people that worked 10 feet down the hall because when we did get together, we asked questions. We, you know, sometimes it was over coffee, sometimes it was over wine, but there was a, a stronger personal relationship with like sort of the business relationship. And I think that, you know, the, the relationship styles of the DISC model tend to be steady and um, influence. And so you'll see that really indicative of their, ge- what I would say, geographic cultures. You said you tend to be an I influence. Correct. How does that um, manifest itself in your, the, the way you interact with, with people? I'm really curious about, first of all, building a relationship um, and working with the person. Um, the good, that's a good side, I think, and, and, and talking through things. Context is really important. Understanding um, you know, who's involved with this, what's the impact on the people side of the business. Now, the, the downside of this can be if I'm dealing with a D a director, a, a conscientious customer, um, I need to sometimes pull back and say, okay, I say to myself, okay, I've talked a little too much. I need to ask more direct questions or with a conscientious um, customer, for example, how do I focus a lot more on processes, metrics, and facts, which I tend to be much more qualitative, excuse me, quanti- qualitative than quantitative. And so by having that understanding, if I'm working with people that have that inclination 
then how do I adapt my style to better connect and show my effectiveness with them? I've seen you say how you kind of got drawn to DISC when you started working in leadership management. And I think you said it was because of a piece of advice that someone gave you one time. What was that? Yeah, early in my career, um, I was, I've been in human resources uh, most of my career, and I was working with um, a group of sales leaders. And uh, as part of that, I was presenting to them about the value of developing a succession plan. And it was, like I said, very early in my career, so I was there with my manager, and I had my, my, my presentation put together. And the way I approached it was pretty much the way I would want to be presented to and buying into an idea. Hmm. Um, and what happened is, as I was presenting to these individuals, um, it was not going real well, candidly. And um, they, were, they were polite. They were nice. They kind of nodded their heads. And I remember leaving that meeting, and my, my manager said to me, Deb, you have to remember, you need to present to others the way they want to be presented to. What are the key ways that they're going to buy into something? Not the way you want to be presented to and the information that you need. And what's interesting, fast forward a few years after that, when I discovered DISC, a lot of light bulbs went on for me because as I use that example, um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a high eye. I was presenting all this information. I was getting enthusiastic about things. And they, in hindsight, I look and say, boy, they were high D's, which is, okay, Deb, what's the bottom line? What do you want us to do? What's the impact on the business? And where do we go from here? And at the time, I didn't have the, the disc language, if you will, to understand the situation. But in hindsight, it was like, oh my gosh, this is what happened. And so when I learned about this and reflected on that situation, obviously there were other situations as well. It really helped me to say, okay, how can I work with others to help them be effective so they don't run into those situations where they approach somebody um, with a style that they're comfortable with and go, oh my gosh, they're, they're not getting it. So at least you have the agility, if you will, to, to adapt to that other person or that group's uh, communication style. And uh, like I said, it, it's been foundational for my usage with DISC for a long time. I used it when I was inside corporate America. So I've been using DISC in some way, shape, or form for over 25 years. For those of us who do have the opportunities to speak to groups, but maybe not the opportunity to get a full DISC assessment, what is a tip you have for people who are going into a presentation or meeting a new group with knowing that those dynamics are all at play, but not knowing uh, in what capacity? What I would say is, you know, it, it's, it's looking at body language, it's looking at facial expressions, it's, it's, it's listening to the pace and the, for lack of a better word, the tonality that they present. So, for example, if I'm, and since I've done this for years, I, I usually reflect on this a lot as I'm meeting somebody, I, you know, I'd say, okay, this is an aspect of people reading, but I'd say, okay, are they fast-paced, are they outspoken, are they more reserved or cautious? If that's the case, they could be a D, you know, fast-paced, outspoken, or if they're cautious and reflective, they could be um, steady. And then I also think, okay, how are they interacting with me? Are they, you know, questioning, okay, why are you doing this, Deb? Why does this make sense? Are they skeptical about ideas? Or they're like, oh, this is a great idea. Let's go with it. So in those cases, as I, as I listen and look, I might say, okay, they could be, you know, D, I, S, or C. So, for example, if someone's a D, they might be fast-paced and outspoken. And if they're an I, they might be more accepting and warm. And um, you might see those variables. And then with the body language, usually the I's and D's tend to be somewhat animated. Um, facial expressions, hand gestures, um, where in contrast, C's and S's are a little bit more reserved. The speech pattern will be a little bit slower. 
Um, they're very selective about the words and how they use the words, where I always joke about with me being a high eye, the ish, yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, you get the idea. Um, the context is really important as opposed to the exact word that you might choose to use. So those are some of the things I would use as I, as I try to do some people reading or even, you know, for example, if I'm going into an organization to make a presentation, you know, if I happen to know a couple of the people, I'll think about what I, their style might be and make sure I have those points in the presentation. Or if I have a person who's a, a link to other people in the organization, I'll do a little bit of, okay, help me understand who's around the table. Who are, who are the decision makers? Let's, let's try to figure out their styles. That way I know I have the right information in my presentation, in my pr- proposal prep presentation. That's a, that's a great pro tip. I think I'm realizing as you're saying this that I tend to make assumptions. Uh, if I'm going to be speaking to a certain industry, I make assumptions. And, and probably in my mind, without having looked at all of this, I think that they're all going to be um, high Ds now that, now that I know what that term means. Uh, and, and probably in any room, any industry, any place, there's more of a mix of people. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, and these are generalities. And, you know, as you mentioned that, just tell you a quick story. I had a new client this several years ago, and he was president of a small company that made a product for the um, medical industry. And I made the assumption, which is always dangerous, that by gosh, you know, if he's in this industry, he has to be a high C. So I went in with a pretty detailed deck. Um, he was the president of the, the North American business here and went in with this deck and started going through it in two minutes in the presentation. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's a D off the chart. And I had like you know, 15 pages. I'm thinking, how do I shorten it to three? Because I know I'm going to lose him if I don't shorten it. Right. And again, it was his body language, the way he asked the questions, how he looked at me as we went through this. So you know, luckily I knew my presentation well enough, so I shortened it. And the ironic piece is I was in and out of his office in like 20 minutes. And you know, good news is I, I did work with his team, but I'm I guess I totally misjudged what I thought was going to happen. And then, like I said, and I had to adapt quickly to uh, make sure I wasn't going to lose him. And it worked. It did. It did work. Are there any... Got the the gig. Are there any people you have worked with before who then you've been able to catch up with down the road? Any instances of that jump out where you're like, wow, look, I I really feel like I had some part in uh, helping this person realize their path. That's probably the best thing about what I do. I yeah. love when I have those situations and people talk about their you know, career and professional journey and what they've done. And uh, one in particular recently, um, it was a person, gosh, I started coaching her about 10 years ago. I think I mentioned in the earlier podcast that I've worked with uh, large organizations, employee resource groups or diversity networks. And right. I was doing coaching and she was head of uh, one of the diversity networks and she was early in her career. She was an analyst at the time. And we, we spent a lot of time together. You know, we clicked and at various points over the last 10 years, she'd either been in some workshops of mine or whatever, but I hadn't seen her in about three years. And then uh, earlier this year, um, she's at another company. She's treasurer at this, this company. And she reached out to me and said, hey, I really would like you, you to do a disc workshop for my new team. We're all trying to get to know each other. You know, I'm new to the organization. I really would like them to get to know me as well. So went over there, did the workshop, was getting ready to do the workshop. And then she proceeded to introduce me. It's one of those things I wish I had my phone on record because it was really exciting because she was talking about how she had used so much of what we had done in the coaching sessions at various points of her career, then how she had used DISC at various points in her career. 
how it helped her better connect with others. And a lot of the things we've spoken about already make presentations. And the other part is it helped her to manage up in the organization. And it was one of those things where, you know, yes, it worked. I was excited to be there anyway, because when I met her, she was a financial analyst. And here she was, is now a treasure with a good size organization. So that was exciting. And then, like I said, the other part was the fact that she had, you know, this wonderful um, statements about her experience with not only the coaching, but using DISC as a tool to help her in her career. Um, it was one of those, those great moments that, you go, know, this is why I do what I do. One thing we always like to ask at the end of every podcast is for an insight to go. This is anything that's been on your mind lately that you think you want to recommend for others of us to check out. What do you have for us? Well, lately I've been using um, Patrick Lencioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, it's, a, it's a book that I've used as a reference point gosh, for the last 10 years with different clients that I have. And the reason I love the book and it's the reason I love Patrick Lencioni and his consulting style is it's practical, easy to use, and frankly, organizations say it makes sense. And one of the things that I like about it is there's so much you can do with it to have a better team. Um, I'm working with two clients right now. Um, one, we um, have been doing something based in this book, um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, and using one of Wiley's products, um, which is the five behaviors of a cohesive team. And what I like about it, it has a baseline where the participants in the session will assess themselves and they get an idea of how they're functioning as a team. And the beauty of the whole thing is in very practical terms, they have conversations. What does trust look like for us? You know, how do we handle conflict? What about commitment? How do we leverage conflict to really drive commitment? And then how does that help us hold each other accountable? And then ultimately, how does this drive results? And the beauty of it, it provides great framework and a lot of aha moments for the mm-hmm. teams because of that. And so to, to complement the, the discussions that they have, I encourage them to read this book so they understand what we're doing and where we're going. And more importantly, it's a resource that they can use and apply as they go on their journey to become even more of a cohesive team, not just because it's fun and nice, but more importantly, it helps to drive results and frankly makes it a good place to work. Right. People can find you Deb on skillblenders.com. Also Deb Terry on LinkedIn. Are there other ways people can reach out to find out more about you and, and the work you do? Those are probably the two best ways to do that. Um, okay. you know, if someone sends me an email off the site or off LinkedIn, I'll respond to them. We can set up a time to talk and, and go from there. Great. And I appreciate, again, you taking the time to explain DISC to me uh, a little more than I knew before. It's uh, really fascinating. So I appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. As you can tell, it's one of, I, I'm really passionate about the tool. I've seen it impact and help a lot of people become more effective. Well, thank you again, Deb Terry. Thank you, everybody, for being here for Success Insight Podcast. I'm Randy Ford, signing off for my co-host, Howard Fox. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.